Cards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to a conversation with attorney Tom Renz. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good good evening, patriots. And tonight is Thursday, August 24th in the year 2023. Tonight, we have a fantastic interview with attorney Tom Renz. It's been quite a while, in fact, too long. And right now, he's got a lot of cases that he's continuing to fight against this COVID nonsense. One of which right now, the big one, which we'll discuss tonight, is this case he's taken on with Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. And the Ohio board is trying to take away her license. And like everything else that tyrants do, they just do things because they do them, not because it's legal, but just because they're despicable scumbags. They think that they can turn anything, make any rule they want without the will of the people. We have a sick problem in our nation right now, and we can see it every day. The sick problem is that those people in the institutions of power have no regard for the constitutions that built this country. State and federal constitutions, they just consider to be little more than just pieces of paper, and they have no idea or no consideration or no respect for what the actual power of this country is. The power is we, the people. End of story. There's no further discussion on that. And for you know these li- liberal and leftist retards that are out here that keep thinking that they can change things, not that way, and it won't happen. If it's against the Constitution, which is the law of the land, it is not a living document. It is the foundation and structure of the law of the land. End of story. And so it is time that we start to really enforce this. And fortunately, we have attorneys like Tom Renz who do and are fighting diligently every day to ensure that the rights of the people are preserved. Tom's a great man. You'll enjoy this interview tonight. Before we get going, very serious talk here for a minute. And yes, I'm going to pitch my Patriot Supply. So just hang on because this is not just a normal pitch. I'm getting more and more intelligence coming in from people I trust that are telling me that this fall is going to be very rough. COVID lockdowns are likely to go to the point of stupid somewhere around September 15th going forward. And there's going to be a big push to lock people down, a big push to force force injection mandates, and a big push to force the CBDC down this, this country's throat. That also means we could be going through a period of time here when we are not going to have the conveniences of a society. I've said this all along, that the words starvation, the words hunger, and the words poverty are going to mean something to Americans when we get through with this. We need to be prepared. So there's an absolute big reason that I'm so happy to have a a sponsor for the show, My Patriot Supply, because what they provide is essential. So head on over to My Patriot Supply. Actually, go to preparewithbards.com. Preparewithbards.com. You'll find the products of My Patriot Supply there. They have a huge discount going on right now, and this discount is a 25% discount on the three-month supply of My Patriot Supply. So head on over to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com. These links are always below the podcast. You need to get yourself equipped in a multi-tiered food strategy. You need to have things that are emergency food, 
that you can grab and go, that you can rely on no matter what, and you should have a three-month supply of that. And then you need to have other things involved as well. You should have other reserves and resources from water and fuel to medical supplies, et cetera. That's all prepping stuff. You should have been doing that a long time ago. But wherever you are right now, it's very important to make sure that you get a foundation of about three months underneath you. So My Patriot Supply, head on over to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com, and take advantage of these amazing savings right now, which are there to help you. Now, this, this discussions that we're in right now are very real. And we are looking at some very critical moments here that we have to know that things are changing. And we're going to have, there's a major attempt here by the cabal to try to shut things down. They are being exposed at a rate that they never imagined. That means that you're cornering a vicious animal. And when you get a vicious animal cornered, they do vicious things like burn an entire village down with dew weapons and cause people to be incinerated into ash like in Lahaina. The latest, even some drone footage that came out today on Lahaina was incredible. As we've been talking about, the color blue is not being incinerated. There was literally a, a sweater or a sweatshirt on the ground that was blue that was not burned. This is insane. This was a major attack against that village. Now, it's another note. Saturday morning, we have our prayer Saturday every morning, 7 a.m. on West Coast time and 10 p.m. on East Coast time. We're calling, and already some great person in Bars Nation has been pushing a meme around. Thank you very much. We are calling for a day of prayer worldwide for Lahaina. Now, you know, I realize that some of you are going to say, well, it's short notice. I don't care. I don't need a long telegram message to tell everybody we need to pray. But very, very important that we spread the word. So please spread the word that we are praying for Lahaina on Saturday. Now, we're going to begin our prayer session on Saturday with a strong prayer for Lahaina. And I'll tell you, what are we praying for? Well, we're praying for some few things. We're praying for the restoration, the healing and restoration of that land. We're praying for the healing and restoration of the of that sacred tree to turn it into God's sacred tree. And we're praying for the raising of the dead of the little ones. We have to do this. This is this is a potential of a very powerful moment where the this, this, Sons and daughters of God that creation is waiting for. This would be Romans 8, 19, by the way. is a time for us to step into this and pray hard for these miracles. So we need to literally pray into this and pray hard. Someone just asked if they can include those 13 lost in the Kabul airport. You can include anything you want. I don't mind. But we, you, that would be a separate prayer for our, let's put it on our prayer list for Sunday, but we're beginning our prayer on Sunday for Lahaina. So, you know, that's all good. So send us over that prayer there, Truth Patriot. That's one of our great people in chat. For those of you that aren't in chat, he's awesome. She, he, never know. I, I've got to be careful these days. I might have fend somebody's gender. They might go, no, wait a minute, not me. You just called me. A, no, forget it. Not in this group. <laughs> Truth Patriots is a dude. Don't worry about it. We just have to be clear. Don't want to have any misgendering going on here. Anyway, even though today is flamethrower taco day, I'll tell you, we have uh, those of you that don't know this, we have a mod that has done the right thing. Our mod has prepared for the lizard invasion, and our mod has ordered a flamethrower, which is exactly appropriate for lizard heads, and it's the only way that we are going to be able to stop these lizard heads. So good job. That's all I can say. If you this is like have flamethrower will travel. You might have to have a flamethrower tra- training session at, at Bart's Fest. That would be pretty awesome, wouldn't it? All right, children. Today we're going to teach you how to do hot dogs. 
the manly way. A little bit of flamethrower action going on there. Okay, Patriots, one other thing before we get cruising, and that is literally the whole notion of keeping your skills up. It is going to get a little crazy. I don't care how you cut it. We have cops that are bad. We have lots of people that are bad. This force mandate stuff is crazy. I've told you, you should be open carrying right now. I'm serious. If it's legal in your state, open carry. Start making your statement clear. Someone just asked about prayer. It's prayer Saturday at 7 a.m. Prayer Saturday at 7 a.m. That's when it is. That's okay. So anyway, back to that. We are, so we need to be prepared and keeping our skills up. And that's why you need to get some iTarget Pro action going. Patriots, right now, many Americans are feeling powerless. The economy isn't stable. Crime continues to plague our communities. And those in charge don't seem to even care. There's something empowering about knowing that you have the skills to defend yourself and that's why I endorse iTarget Pro. This revolutionary system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your home. No more inconvenient trips to the range and you still have a ton of practice ammo. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm, and start your training experience. Improve muscle memory, increase reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and more iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, including 223, so that you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Save 10% plus get free shipping with the offer code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, when you go to iTargetPro.com right now. Again, 10% using your promo code BARDS plus free shipping when you go to iTargetPro.com. Don't rely on the government to make you feel safe. Empower yourself with iTarget Pro. That's the letter I targetpro.com itargetpro.com offer code is bards so i i just have to say this before we get going because the nonsense is coming out of mainstream media right now ready for this trump surrendered at the fulton county jail surrendered my goodness he went in and just walked in they took his mugshot if you haven't seen trump's mugshot <laughs> i'll put it up on telegram it's epic i'm going to give the man some credit but probably the best mugshot i've ever seen it's great. And his hair looks good, too, which is awesome. And he's in a suit, so that's pretty good. They are enjoying this so much. And you leftist turds out there that are jumping around with joy thinking you got him, I have some bad news for you. When this hammer hits backwards, you all are going to be praying to Jesus when we're through. And I'm not kidding you. You are going to be begging for mercy. Because when this thing comes slamming fast, and it's going to come swinging fast, everything in the life in politics works like a pendulum. Never forget this. In pendulum in this country, it's always a pendulum. Right now, we are at the extreme end of the stupid of leftism. But if you aren't paying attention, and they aren't, America is pissed. And what's about ready to happen is that pendulum's going to swing. One way or the other, by spring, this country will be a different country. Let's hope that it's done civilly. But if you are a leftist turd, and there's plenty of you out here, and probably plenty of you trolling our site and listening, understand this. You've got no place to run, and you better start finding your peace with Jesus because you're going to need it in the coming months. I guarantee it. And we are not taking prisoners. Let's be clear. All right, patriots. We have one of the great attorneys of our time tonight, and that is Tom Renz. Tom is a man who literally fights this fight with Jesus first. 
I love this man. He has some big news today, too, things we need to pray on, and we're going to need to continue to pray on because his wife was diagnosed with cancer. He's going to tell the whole story tonight and the great things he's doing. So just let me introduce you again and reintroduce you all to Tom Renz. Patriots, I am absolutely honored today to have attorney Tom Renz with us again. It's been too long, but always love when he comes on the show. He is such a fighter for this nation and such an, a, a fighter in so many levels that we're going to even discuss today, the things that he's dealing with in his life and as he continues to wage a war against medical tyranny. And we just, we all need to be honored. We have such men like this at the, at the legal tip of the spear fighting for us. So Tom, welcome to the show. So glad to have you on. No, Scott, that's really kind of you. I appreciate the the wonderful introduction. And, you know, I hope that the people, you know, I know your fans know, the guys listening to you know, but man, uh, it's good to be with a, a fellow fighter, a guy who's also been fighting for a lot of years and really busted his butt to do this. This tyranny is unbelievable. And it, it, and as you know very well, it is, it's everywhere as we're learning. And it's just, it creeped into just about every organization we have. Let's kind of start with how things are going in your life and kind of set the context because there's a lot to cover today and I want to make sure we cover as much of it as we can. Yeah, well, I mean, so it's it's tough right now. Um, I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong, tough is part of the job. You know, if you if you sign up to fight God's fight, then you expect it to be tough. So I'm okay with that. But, you know, uh, yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, my wife was diagnosed with cancer. And uh, that's that's been quite a shock. Uh, we're fighting that. You know, naturally, we're fighting all the COVID stuff. We're trying to help with some of the election stuff. Uh, that's a little bit more behind the scenes. You know, I'm looking at some of the corruption. I'm looking at how we can fight the cor systemic corruption. And uh, then while we're looking at all of this, and some of this is through legislation, we're pushing for legislation, we're pushing for lawsuits, we're pushing for this, we're pushing for that. But then uh, while we're doing all of that, we're also trying to be cognizant because the one thing that is absolutely clear is that this truly is a fight between good and evil. And so when we look at uh, the tentacles, whether it be COVID or fraud or you know, pushing this perversion on our kids at schools or you know, pick your issue, uh, we have to understand that those tentacles all originate from the fact that there is an evil core that we've got to get and we've got to, we've got to root that core out and destroy it. And so uh, the fight is is everywhere, and uh, like I said, it, it's uh, it's been something that's that's now even hit home a little bit more because now we got to fight uh, fight on the home front a bit. Now that's a huge weight to carry, Tom. And 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 I just I said it before we started, but thanks to the resistance chicks, we got alerted to that. We've been praying for you and your wife heavily, and. Uh, just want you to know that we'll continue to. And it's a big weight to carry, but also know that you have a whole team of prayer warriors, some of the best in the world, literally, in Bars Nation, that keep you in your prayers and aggressively keep you in your prayer, keep you in our prayers. So um, just know that. Well, and let me just say this, Scott. Um, you know, I got to, most of my work, I get by on donations, I get by on this, I get by on that. Um, but I'm going to tell you that before anything, the first thing I always ask for is prayers, and it means an immense amount. The prayers are everything, right? Uh, everything else comes after the prayers, and God's carried me on everything. The other day, just literally a couple of days ago, man, I got hit with some really unexpected 
just tough things to deal with, right? Some some big bills came in that I didn't know were going to come, and they were from attacks from bad guys. It's a long story. Um, it's you know nothing illicit or, or shocking. It's just the way of the way of things. Um, you know, I got news that we were going to get attacked on another front, so I had that to deal with. And uh, you know, my wife was having a rough day, which happens commonly. I mean, you know, if you're dealing with cancer, it's it, the mental aspects are very difficult. And uh, I was really feeling pretty bummed. And uh, I will tell you this. Um, when I stopped and talked to God, because that tends to be what I do when I get really kind of hit, uh, I told him the same thing that I've been telling him. said, you know, listen, big man, I ain't leaving the fight till it's won or till you tell me to stop. So I'm going to keep going. But man, I could use a hand. And uh, that was it. That's the, the sum total of my prayer, because uh, I've got this kind of, uh, everybody's got their own relationship with God, right? Sometimes I get to be his friend and just talk with him. That doesn't happen very as often as I'd like it to, because I'm so busy. Sometimes he's a dad, like, hey, you aren't doing this, and he has to, you know, put me right. Uh, but other other times, and I'd say a mo majority of my time, uh, my relationship with God is one where I'm just reporting to the to the boss, to the general, right? Yes, sir. No, sir. Where do you want me? Here's what I need. Here's a brief. What can I do? And uh, I'm a happy warrior for God. It's the only thing in my life that I don't try and question. I don't try and understand. I just go where I think he wants me to go. And I don't, I don't question it beyond that. Everything else I question. Everything from man I question, but from God I don't. And uh, ultimately, the prayers of so many people have facilitated God being willing to give me some discernment and some direction on some things. I believe that from the bottom of my heart. And so those prayers mean more to me than I could possibly ever convey. Don, that's really, it's it's a very moving statement. And I, I say this from so many levels. I think all of us have been transformed in such a deeper way in this fight as we've really started to look at evil. I was I was looking at something this morning and it's ironic how it came about. Last night I was talking to a friend and jokingly said, if someone told me that Reagan was involved in this gay pedophile network, I would wake up and say, I'm not surprised. And this morning, if all things to arrive in my box, this morning was literally this new documentary that's out talking about Reagan tied in with Bush to this whole nonsense. And as I sat there and I just reflected on this, I'm like, you know, if we didn't have our relationship in Christ and with, with God, we would we would just be wandering. And I'm thinking about all the people that still lack that. For yourself, I would assume that this is this whole journey that you've been on has brought you closer to that relationship. Is that a fair assessment? Oh, much, 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 much. So you gotta understand. I mean, faith has always been a big part of my life, but uh you know, man, I, I start fighting this fight and I'm fighting up, right? I mean, I'm not fighting a fair fight. I'm fighting guys so much bigger, so much more powerful, so much more connected, so much more everything than I will ever be. And, uh, this, you know, I'm fighting out of my league. You know, they talk about David and Goliath. Well, I'm not, I don't even have stones, right? I mean, I'm, I'm not even, I'm nowhere near that. You know, I, when people say that to me, I kind of chuckled myself because it's not David and Goliath. David had some stones, he had a sling, and he had, uh, you know, at least some other people standing there, 
even if they were too scared to fight. You know, this has been ridiculous. And but for the strength of God himself, I would have long since been eaten up and spit spit out on this, right? So I just, my only shot on this has been doing what he's saying. But I will tell you one of the most, I guess, I guess one of the clearest examples of, of one of the shifts. So growing up, you know, I was, I was love, love God, you know, I mean, that was a big part of my life, but I always very strongly believed you, you go into the closet to pray, right? If someone asked me about my faith, I never shied away from talking about it, but if you didn't ask me, it wasn't my business, right? So you do your thing, I'll do mine. And, uh, you know, because I never wanted anybody to be like, Hey, congratulations. You're a great Christian. I'm not, I'm a sinner. I I'm awful. You know, I mean, uh, just like everybody else on this planet, you know, but for Christ, I'd be, I'd have a one-way ticket to hell. So, you know, I'm very grateful for Christ and I accept his forgiveness. And I recognize that I've got a, a pass to heaven because of him. Um, but, uh, you know, the reality is, is that I just never feel like I should be out there as like a, a leader in the church or anything else. Cause I just don't think I'm worthy of that, frankly. Uh, so my faith was always there and strong, but not something I, I spoke about. And I will never forget, you know, I, I start getting press and this and that and others. I'm fighting this COVID stuff. And that wasn't something I wanted. It was something I had to do because if I didn't put my name out there, if I didn't put this out to the public, then we, the people don't know what's going on. And ultimately, again, this is God's fight. It's the people that win this, not me. It doesn't matter what I've done or what I will do. God is the one that's behind this. You know, I mean, every big thing that I've done that's facilitated different things happening, that was that was all given to me by God. So I realized as that was happening, I was like, well, wow, this is, you know, God's, I didn't want a platform, but he's given me one. And then on the first reawakening tour event, in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and it was a, a giant, giant church facility. There were like 5,000 people. It's like a giant stadium. It's the first time I'd ever spoken to a crowd that large. And I'm sitting there at the back of the stage waiting to go up and speak. And right before me, I see is uh, Clay's up on stage and doing this bit with uh, Pastor Leon Benjamin. And if you've ever heard Leon speak, Leon is, I mean, I call him Pastor Jesus because he just booms from the from the stage. I mean, he's just, he's got this huge, powerful voice and this huge presence on the stage. I mean, he just, he just is a spectacular, spectacular order uh, for Christ. And um, I'm listening to him. I'm like, first of all, I'm like, oh God, I've got to follow this because, you know, I've got much more uh, quiet presence you know i'm a little bit more soft-spoken and uh but second of all i was thinking to myself i was like you know because i had everything that i was going to say prepared i knew what i was going to say you know but i stopped and i was like i started to rethink it and i was like you know what you've got to work in some jesus into the speech and i i couldn't i kept thinking to myself but really you don't you don't you don't do that right you don't you don't do that god put it in my heart though at that point He's like, listen, whether you want it or not, you got a platform. You got to bear some fruit. And it's not enough 
for you to go out there and praise yourself and talk like you're doing this. It isn't you doing this. It's me doing this. So you give credit where it's due. And so I did. And uh, when we talk about me becoming closer to God, all credit for anything good that I've done goes to him every single bit. And at the end of the day, um, I'm at a point now where I've had to lean on him so much and he's come through for me so many times that I'll just tell you this. I don't ask, you know, whether there's God, I don't ask if he's there. I just hope he's going to, you know, give me some mercy here and again. I know him. I know who he is. I know what he does. He's, he's my man. So yeah, it, it certainly helped. Tom, it's just an, an amazing and wonderful testimony. And it's, and I say this too, with all due respect, when I say this is it coming from an attorney. I think one of the saddest <laughs> well, I think one of the saddest things that we've witnessed in this nation is how few attorneys gra- grab that relationship. And I, and I I find this this is where I think we get the the immorality or just the moral break maybe is a better way of saying it from the foundations of our constitutions, the moral law. And we end up in this drift out here in a in a vitral desert of of legal it's a legal quagmire and the yep. righteousness of the fight gets lost, which is something you have not let go of. You, you hold a righteous line, which I commend you for and con- continue to pursue in everything you're doing. So I, I, I just want you to hear that because it's really an inspiration and it reminds us that there is ultimately some real good in the midst of all the things that seem like it's all lost. And that, that's a huge thing for a nation to realize. It, it is. And I'll tell you something. I, I offer this for my brother and sister attorneys out there. You know, I went through law school too. And I, you know, I will never forget the, well, moral relativism, moral relativism. Well, moral relativism is a fallacy, right? And I, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, here's the, the two-minute moral relativism is a fallacy argument, right? For moral relativism to be true, there can be no universal morality because if a single moral constant exists, then morality is not relative. It's just a matter of which morals are universal, right? So I'm going to prove to you that God exists right now. Uh, When's it okay to rape an infant? When's it okay to enslave someone because of the color of their skin? And when is it okay to do what Hitler did? If the answer to any of those is never, which I think the answer to all of those is never, then that means there are certain universal moral constants. So unless you want to argue to me that Hitler was okay, which I will then say you're nuts, um, then you have to acknowledge that there are certain universal moral constants. A universal moral constant means that that universal morality, that constant, that could only come from a consciousness what universal consciousness is there? Or what's what's another word for universal consciousness? It's God. It could only come from God. If there are universal moral constants, then there is God. So this is an I've never lost that argument. I've never lost that argument because I've never had anyone that wanted to argue with me that Hitler was okay, or that slavery is good, or that child rape is okay. So in light of that, God is real. Um, I think that's indisputable. And for my brother and sister lawyers, I want to suggest to you something. You know, if you look at the statistics within law, alcoholism, drug use, suicide, it's out of control. 
The reason for that is, is because you aren't fighting for what you thought you were going to fight for when you went to law school. You didn't go to law school to sell out, to chase ambulances, to get another favor from some government bureaucrat who's going to throw some extra government money to your law firm's way. You didn't go to law school so that you could sell out everything you believe in to make partner track. You went to law school because you thought you were going to fight for justice. You thought that the law and justice meant something. No one goes to law school because they want to be a sellout bureaucrat. So if that's the case, I would suggest that maybe you remind yourself why you went to law school. Maybe you ask yourself. Ask yourself if what you're doing now is something that you're proud of, something you could say to your kids. I'm proud of it. I will tell you right now. I I I mean, we struggle like hell to keep the lights on. Um you know, but for, you know, the donations to give our gifts and go to Ren's Law, by the way, I'm plugging it, please. We need some help right now. Um, and you can find us at rens-law.com and tomrens.com. But for donations, you know, I mean, my, my lights are off, right? But I'm going to tell you something. When my little boys who are 10 and 13 ask me about what I'm doing, I talk to them about fighting for justice and beating bad guys. I don't talk to them about how much money I made this week. We don't care. And you know what? My boys are proud of that. I'm proud of that. I may not be the rich guy. I may not be the most powerful guy. But I'll tell you what, at the end of the day, I'm good with what I see in the mirror. You know, there's a very good friend of mine. Um, I just basically a brother in, in, in arms. And he's a former sergeant major for Delta, as in Delta Force, not Delta Airlines. Um, and he, he said to me once, he said, it's not who, you know, it's if they remember your name. And it always stuck with me because it's a thing of exactly what you're saying. It's what we fight for and the moral foundations in which we take on in our life and the righteousness that makes the difference. It's not just the doing, and it's not just the networking that little has little to do in our life. Pretty profound place. And I can say, honestly, I mean, everything you're describing is, they know your name. And I would say that's probably at this point, especially looking at the past three years, I would imagine when you step into a case, there's probably some some squirming going on, knowing that what you're about ready to take on, they're not going to be able to run away from. Is that fair? Yeah, we have an impact. You know, God's good. I think that's more God than us, but he usually gives me some pretty good insight on how to handle things. Tom, you've got a really big case going on now with Dr. Sherry Tenpenny in Ohio. We've, we've prayed for her. We've been keeping track of that. That's a, an unbelievable miscarriage of justice of what they have done to her. Can you talk a little bit about that? I can talk a lot about that. Uh, I'll tell you, you've got, a, uh, you've got a Republican attorney general in a Republican state, and he had a guy in his office. Now, I'm going to grant you. He's got a lot of guys in his office, right? So it's a big office. There's a lot of people. But I'm hoping that he looks at the facts of this case and uh, speaks out on the right side of the history on this. We also have a Republican governor, Mike DeWine, who, you know, I'm hoping he'll speak out on this, right? But this attorney from the Republican AG's office comes into, comes into this hearing. And, you know, this hearing is about whether or not they want to suspend Sherry Tenpenny's license. Now, understand something. Nothing in this hearing, no allegations of any wrongdoing. 
None. There's no allegations that she did anything wrong as a doctor. There's no allegations that she committed any financial, uh, I don't know, misdeeds. All that was alleged was that she failed to cooperate with the medical board's investigation. Okay. And I said, and we said, so we've been defending Sherry for a while, right? And uh, one of my lawyers, he's a great, great attorney, a brilliant guy. His name's Eric. He's been, has been doing a lot of work on this. And he's, you know, he's laid out a great case record. He's, he's objected every, when there's been a question of us, when they've said something to us, we've done our very best to comply with the medical board, right? Now, complying with the medical board means this. If the medical board has a legal reason to investigate Sherry, and it's a good reason, and it's a legitimate reason, and they follow the proper processes and procedures, then we cooperate with them. If the medical board breaks the law and does something wrong, then we say, listen, you can't do that. We object. Well, over and over again, this board has broken the law. They've ignored what we call due process rights. Right. Sherry's got due process rights, just like every other person on the planet. But this board doesn't seem to care about that. Well, we've laid out in great detail the numerous violations of her due process rights. And we've tried to be nice. We haven't sued them yet. We didn't sue them for harassment, which this obviously was. We didn't sue them for their bad faith pursuit of Sherry. Instead, we tried to politely work this out because we would have preferred to just not have to deal with this. So Sherry uh, you know, did that in good faith for, for now over two years. And this board decides that that's not enough, so they're going to argue that she failed to cooperate. Now, mind you, we have proof and evidence of cooperation. We have proof and evidence of absolute incompetence. So, for example... Uh, they they say she didn't comply with a subpoena. I have a copy of the subpoena. Do you know what the subpoena looks like? Someone took a bad copy of a piece of paper and didn't even include the date and time. This actually, this document that they sent, that they claim that she didn't comply with, said that she has to, she subpoenaed for a deposition, right? Except for they didn't say when. They didn't give the date or time. It just says, insert date here, insert time here, because it was just a copy. These people are so incompetent and so inept that they that they send out a subpoena that doesn't meet, doesn't include dates and times. So should, I guess what, what they wanted us to do was just have Sherry build a tent outside of the, the uh, medical board's office and, and wait for whenever it was that they wanted her to be there, because we had no idea. You know, we get things like that from these guys, right? We get things like, you know, just epic, epic, mind-blowing failures. We They had a hearing. Legally, they are required to provide in writing, you know, when that hearing is. They didn't notify us. They had a hearing without us. So the medical board and the lawyers all got together to conspire against Sherry without any, without her, her lawyers being there. That's an ex parte communication. It's illegal as can be. But despite all these different things that happen, this Republican AG's office goes in there and you know what they said, Scott? They said, if we had to give Sherry, I'm paraphrasing, if we had to give Sherry her due process rights, then other doctors might start demanding theirs. 
And that would slow this down. It would screw up the process. And uh, we just don't want to do that. They literally argued that they don't want to give due process rights because, well, then other doctors might do the same. I mean, have we have we lost our minds? What the hell is going on in Ohio? Well, th this is insane. And it's I think it's, again, just reflecting the depth of depravity within the system. And I think additionally from what I'm observing, Tom, it's when people get so far over their skis in being in doing the wrong thing, they don't have the moral integrity to reset to the right place. Instead, they just continue to go down that hole of protecting themselves. Is that a fair assessment? Absolutely. I mean, listen, this is this is real simple, right? So you got a bunch of people on the board, and I'm going to be very interested to know how much money the institutions they work for are making from this. They're tied in with the Association of State Medical Boards, a, a group of people that have got that's they're not a public, they're a private institution, and uh, they have uh, put out a bunch of guidance on how to to attack people who speak out against vaccines and how to go after doctors that have been outspoken and what to do. And I mean, you know, it's just it's an egregious and mind blowing thing. Uh, these guys just don't care about people's rights or uh, or anything of the sorts. This is a power and control grab. And here's the thing. If this stands with Sherry, then you have to understand that every doctor and lawyer that that's out there will be at major risk in the future because if they don't if the professional licensing boards can pull your license without due process, without following the law, then that means that they could do that to me. They can do that to any other doctor, any other lawyer, to anyone else. This is this is not an acceptable thing. Either the Constitution applies or it doesn't. Now, I'll tell you, legally, there is a constitutionally recognized property interest in your law. And the Fifth Amendment states plainly and reiterated by the 14th Amendment, you can't deprive someone of their life, liberty, or property without due process. This is real simple. This isn't complicated stuff. This is a basic violation of the Fifth Amendment, 14th Amendment, and a number of other things uh, done in bad faith because these crooks don't like Sherry's position on vaccines. Wow. That's just that's an incredible cabal that we've seen organized. So what is the way forward here with Sherry? So we've got a couple things that are happening. Uh, I'm talking about this to illustrate the need for legislation, right? So I am pushing, and we are going to have some language given uh, that will, where we're going to ask the state of Ohio to decide whether or not uh, doctors and lawyers have due process rights, and also whether doctors or lawyers uh, should be able to be investigated uh, with, uh, by for complaints given by people who have no association, right? So we know that a number of these complaints uh, that are occurring around the country, I'm not speaking specifically about Sherry, because by the way, you know that they, they claim that Sherry's had uh, between 300 and 350 complaints against her license. We asked them, well, what are they? Can we see them? And you know what their answer was? No, we can't show you that. Well, so you mean you're going to tell us that you can investigate us for a crime without telling us what the crime is. I mean, that seems a little bit illegal, doesn't it? Um, 
but anyways, they won't show us, but they claim. What we do know is that around the country, there's a bunch of Soros-funded groups and crooked groups out there whose job it is to file complaints against people's licenses, their professional licenses, when they get out of line, doctors, lawyers, et cetera. Uh, they want to pull the license of people. And, what, and I want this legislation to reflect that, listen, if you're a doctor and your patient wants to, wants to make a complaint, okay, fair enough. But if you're someone who lives in California and wants to complain about Sherry's practice and you have nothing to do with her practice, mind your own business. You got nothing to say about it. Right. I mean, you, you wouldn't you. How would you know what she's doing? So it's not a good faith thing. Right. But uh, so we're going to push for that legislation. And then, of course, we're going to push forward in the courts. Now, I've got to be careful because as an attorney, you know, what I do in the courts is. It's got to be done with respect. It's got to be done with dignity. And we got to do follow the decorum of the courts. So that's that. But what I do as a political commentator and as a guy who's pushing for legislative reform, you know, we're all in on that. We're going to go to war on that. And, uh, you know, we're going to blow that up as much as humanly possible. In the, the fights that you're in, which are at this point, you become kind of the single expert in the country in this medical tyranny and the counterfeit to COVID. Sherry's fight, in your opinion, represents a new level, or does it rep represent more of a systemic type case that changes many others? Well, Sherry's not the only one dealing with this sort of thing, but Sherry's instance in particular is pretty unique. Um, to, to see these guys actually argue, typically they're arguing, when, when we see these doctors attack, what we're seeing typically is you know, hey these guys put out misinformation on covid and you know they they that could harm the public this that and other and so the question in those cases is free speech versus uh you know the the medical board's interest right they're they're lies in science they're fake science in sherry's case we have an interesting thing that's occurred that's very unique sherry's case isn't isn't at this point about free speech. Uh, I mean, it is indirectly because this all stems from a bad faith investigation that came out of her testimony before the House, which is protected speech, right? But in her case, these guys are actually arguing that she doesn't have a right to due process. That's absurd, right? So this is very, very, it's singularly unique in that instance. And they, I think they did it because if they went to the core of, you know, are the vaccines safe? Well, then we can pull discovery on that, right? And I'm happy to have that case. Um, but with when you do this, you know, they thought they were going to be clever and get around it, but this, but they can't, they can't get around it this way because it's, it's an attack on due process. It's very clear. I mean, this is very, very clear. And so Sherry's case represents an escalation in that sense that we haven't seen anywhere else to my knowledge in the country and it's it's a critical escalation that has to be headed off because this is just a core question about the rule of law do we afford people due process before pulling their their licenses i mean do we afford due process does the fifth and 14th amendment apply to your liberty rights uh, or your property rights. I mean, you know, are we just going to, are we going to limit that now too? just ignore that part of the constitution as well. So it's, it's a, I would say this is one of the most important cases in the country. Uh, this along with, you know, what we got going on in our eco health cases. 
You did some testimony on the Department of Defense issues and the data that was coming out of DMED, which then miraculously disappeared. And that's just a whole nother insanity. And I've had a number of whistleblowers on from Department of Defense that have just basically in their in their own testimony have stated how impossible that would have been without the complicit action of specific contractors and the hands of some very high level operations within the government. What has progressed with that or have you pursued that any further? Well, so here's what's going on, right? So we've got a much more complete picture now than we did then. So when I got that data, you know, it just looked like these guys were killing soldiers because, uh, you know, Lloyd Austin is making a bunch of money off of it because he sits on you know board for some hospital systems and this, that, and other. Uh, yeah, since that time, you know, there's been so much that's, that's happened. So, for example, you know, we've got the, the Eco Health case up in New York, and I spent like eight months developing that. We've got Patty Finn is running that case now, and she's doing a good job um, on it. And uh, But that case, I, literally, I spent eight months on it, and I bring that up for a very specific reason. So we get that case and it's filed and it's run. And that's the reason that, in my opinion, Anthony Fauci had to step down. You know, Fauci was a too much of a political liability. They knew we were going to win that case. That case is going to turn into one of the biggest mass tort cases in history. And, uh, you know, it's just a monumental thing. Throughout that case, though, we learned a bunch of things. And one of the things that we learned, and I want to thank Andrew Huff for this, is, you know, he brought my attention to the CIA involvement and the DOD involvement in a bunch of this stuff. And, you know, basically, there had been a lot of speculation about it, right? Uh, you know, you see this patent, you see that patent, you see this and see that. But, you know, a patent is evidence that something is possible. It's not evidence that something is happening. So as a lawyer, you know, you say, well, why did you bring a case on the patents? Well, because a patent is, I mean, there's a lot of patents out there. They don't mean that they're happening. Right. I can't necessarily that's not necessarily actionable. But with Huff's information, what we found was, you know, some actionable stuff, stuff that pointed to things. Right. So then we find funding mechanisms. If I follow the money, follow where this goes, follow where that goes. And that led us to, to really the realization that this whole thing was developed. And by this whole thing, I mean the vaccine. I mean, COVID, the whole thing. This was part of a DOD CIA, you know, bioweapons program. I mean, no question about it. And I don't, listen, understand when I use the word bioweapon, I'm talking about it from the legal perspective, right? So this falls under dual use research. Dual use research, mean, it means research that could either be, you know, for illegal illicit bioweapons or for a cure. And the reason that they're two sides of the same coin is that, you know, the, the theory is, is that if you're doing work related to uh, to curing disease, well, you got to kind of anticipate where the virus is going to do. So they do this gain of function work to say, OK, well, if it goes this way, how can you know, can we cure it? What kind of a you know cure can we come up with? Yeah. So they they, you know, make these they develop these. But if you use that for nefarious purposes, you're actually changing and making a virus more dangerous. That's a bioweapon, right? So on one side, it's gain of function. On the other side, it's a bioweapon, but they're two sides of the same coin. So this work's been being done by our DOD for years. Um, it's all over the place. By the way, we actually have, and I wrote in the Substack a while back, 
Yeah, there's a paper trail. The Ukrainian biolabs are real. Uh, they do exist. They were actually listed on the U.S. Embassy website for a long time. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's no question. There's some really peculiar ties to Hunter Biden and the Biden regime, which I can't get the Republicans to talk about. Nobody wants to talk about uh, Hunter Biden's ties to the bioweapons development. But Hunter Biden, uh, you know, he was invested through Rosemont Seneca in a company called Metabiota. Metabiota was a partner with EcoHealth Alliance uh, during the time that they were creating SARS-CoV-2 in the lab in China. So, you know, why it is that the Republicans won't investigate this, other than they're a bunch of uniparty cowards, is beyond me. But, you know, we've certainly tried to make these guys aware of it. I can't get Jim Jordan or Rand Paul to even acknowledge it, let alone uh, investigate it. But, you know, um, so the DOD has been in this up to its neck from the beginning. We've got funding trails. We've got paperwork running out of our ears on this. And, uh, you know, that's been a huge thing. Now, the thing about some of this stuff is, is, you know, I mentioned that EcoHealth case took me eight months to put together. Well, that's true. It took me eight months, and that was with a whistleblower and with all sorts of other help from a bunch of different people. Uh, this DOD thing, you know, finding the DOD and particularly the CIA's involvement, because the CIA is directly involved in this. Okay, we, we've got evidence on that. And some of it I haven't made public and I'm not ready to yet. But um, the CIA was very directly involved in this. And in my is it's my belief. And uh, getting the evidence lined up and the paperwork lined up to do something with that has been a monumental task. And I when I say monumental, I mean, it's hard to even fathom. Uh, this is, you got to understand though, that these guys are the top professionals on the planet. You know, I mean, you, you got Bobby's out there talking about how they killed his uncle, killed his dad. Um, I mean, these are bad actors, right? I mean, they know how to cover their tracks. They're, they're not good people. And, uh, you know, really when we start looking at this military industrial complex, that is the deep state that's been, uh, destroying our nation for a lot of years and understand I'm not talking about our hero veterans and soldiers who are out there fighting on the battlefield. I'm talking about the brass that hides in the offices, that does the buy-offs that nobody knows about, uh, that, that, that never leave DC. I'm talking about the corruption at the top, not the heroes who die on the battlefield. But uh, yeah, DOD, CIA, this whole thing is, they're directly behind all this and they're as corrupt as can be. Well, they also, as we know very well, especially with Project Mockingbird, they control and very and the various programs after that. They control our media. So you you combine the power of the echo chamber and the propaganda machine, tying that to a surveillance state and link that to your main industries that are supposed to be protecting and defending the country. That is an insidious level of corruption at the core of who we really are. Would you agree? Oh, it's terrifying and the amount of effort that we have to do to get to the root of that corruption i mean it's it's a shocking amount of effort it's a shocking amount of work it's so complex it's just ridiculous so i mean i've been around the clock for three years on this and you know we're still working very very hard to develop everything we can tom i'm just curious have you had any interaction with uh, robert kennedy jr and just my curious yeah, I know Bobby. I've talked to him a few times. Um, I like Bobby. Uh, I think he's a good guy. I, you know, frankly, um, 
I disagree with him on abortion and guns. There's a couple things that I disagree with him on. Um, but I don't I first of all, I, I completely support him in the Democrat primary. Uh, I'm supporting Trump in the in the presidential election. Uh, but but, you know, I, I like Bobby. Um, I think what Bobby's doing is great for the country. I think he's a statesman. I think he's a very smart guy. Like I said, I disagree with him on a couple core issues. But, uh, you know, I mean, he's doing a lot of good things by pushing this stuff, a lot of things into the forefront that that people wouldn't otherwise be looking at. You know, I mean, no one wanted to talk about the CIA killing his uncle. Nobody wanted to talk about the CIA's involvement with COVID. Nobody wanted to talk about a lot of these things. But, you know, Bobby's making it a little bit easier to get some of this stuff out by doing what he's doing. So I got to tell you, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm back in Trump in the election. Uh, but I absolutely, I mean, I got a lot of love for Bobby. I really appreciate what he's doing. I admire his courage. And, uh, you know, I think it's a good thing. He's also been that lead voice in anti-vax. Now, I, I, everything you just said, I'm in complete alignment with. That's my exact position with him, in fact, is what you just stated. He has been, however, the big, I shouldn't say however, the, the big boost for him is he's been one of the most powerful voices on the political side of a, the anti-vax position or the anti-COVID shot. He's not. He openly states he's not anti-vax. He's very open about that and, and looking at the the research that was done for this mRNA shot. What I always find curious, and this is kind of at the core of my question, you represent a what I would literally call the frontline element of the doctors that pushed the truth around the COVID shot and threw up the red flags. And that isn't to confuse with the actual frontline doctor movement. I'm talking about the Sherry Tenpennies, the Dr. Eric Naputis, Carrie Madej, Dr. Lee Merritt, uh, Pilevsky, all of these people that were out here in the very front edge of this, speaking the truth when no one else was. What I find curious is that Robert Kennedy Jr.'s people that he refers to never pull from that pool of people. And it's not that it's wrong, but I always find it interesting. And I don't know whether it's the audience that he's speaking to that needs to hear an academic article versus hearing a professional perspective, because there is a real reflection here on the difference in America. If you bring to the conservative base a study that comes out of Yale, Harvard, any of these schools, people are going to look at it with an eye of suspicion. If you take Trump's the, the conservative base and you say to them, Dr. Eric Naputi, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, these names, and they realize that the doctors are actually doing it and on the ground, there's going to be a, a relationship immediately that's in, of integrity to say this person really understands what they do versus coming out of a lab. Do you have any ideas on that, Tom? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, listen, Bobby, Trump, any of these guys, you know, I don't frankly love the way any of them do this okay uh the whole political advisors the whole political system i hate politics i scott i just i just can't stand it you know you get you get going in this stuff and you you know everybody tells you you got to have this guy around you, you got to have that guy around you so i do i do a well i do a radio show i mean it's not in the ballpark of you you got 80 bazillion listeners and you're a professional but you know, I do my little radio show and I do my podcasts on on Rumble and uh, 
which we just launched in podcast, by the way. Uh, you, know, you go to Tom Rems, follow us at Tom Rems on Rumble and locals and Substack and everything. But um, I just did a, a little blurb and I, I jokingly said, you know, the problem with Trump is he needs to hire ugly lawyers. Uh, you know, Trump, he's every one of his lawyers is some some pretty girl that's looking great in front of the news camera. And I I said that mostly to get a rise out of my audience. Um, but the reality is, is that I was only half joking. And what I mean by that is not that it really matters what you look like as a lawyer. Um, what it means is that, you know, these guys, they surround themselves with the right people. It's always the right people, right? Except for the right people are never the right people. They surround themselves with people who give them advice and give them this and give them that people who are smarter than everybody else. But 99.9% of the time, they have no common sense. They have no connection to the real world. They have no connection to the base of people that they hope to represent. You know, it, you know who Donald Trump should hire? He should hire someone who is a Eric Naputi, um, a, a, someone like that. He should be talking to people who are nobodies, mega people. He should be talking to the guy wearing the mega hat walking down the street and saying, hey, focus group what do you think i should talk about hey what do you think about this you know i mean he's he, and the same thing with bobby you know he's got a lot of great you know brilliant people around him but you know we the people and i consider myself we the people right yes we the people want to hear certain things so for example you know i see trump's trump's people you know they're they're they've told him, you know, don't talk about COVID. Well, he should be talking about COVID. Um, you know, don't fight with pharma. He needs to fight with pharma. You know, don't call out the Republicans. Well, he's got to call out the cowardly Republicans. And I don't mean at the level he is. I mean the Jim Jordans and the Rand Pauls who are out getting every single headline that they can, but won't file an impeachment articles. Why isn't Brian Kemp impeaching this lunatic from Georgia? Why aren't we call, asking about that? Why isn't uh, McCarthy being told you either withdraw funding from the, the DOJ or until they quit quit with these corrupt investigations, or we're gonna we're gonna put you out of that speaker spot? We've got the right to do that, thanks to Matt Gates and a few guys that were willing to fight. Why aren't these guys willing to play hardball a little bit on this? I mean, the Democrats are cutting their throat. Meanwhile, you know we're afraid to be mean. I mean, you've got guys that are the Democrats got their knives out. The globalists, and it's not even the Democrats, right? I mean, we got the Democrats are just placeholders at this point. They just do whatever Bill Gates and the World Economic Forum and CCP want them to do. But th those guys, those are evil. They don't care. They play dirty. They play hard. Meanwhile, we're over here pussyfooting around like we're afraid to fight. And, you know, we the people liked Donald Trump because he's a warrior. The guy's a fighter. That's what we want to see. We don't want to see him cowering in the corner, uh, afraid to call out Mitch McConnell, afraid to call out Jim Jordan. I mean, last time I looked, I don't know, I pray this is different, but he was using WinRed to raise money. WinRed is Mitch McConnell's piggy bank that he used to make sure mega candidates lost in the last Senate run. I wouldn't give a dime to WinRed if it was the only pack out there. You know, we, we need some people, we need Trump and some of these guys to quit trying to make friends with people who hate him 
quit listening to the right people and start listening to the mega base, to the country, to the people who run this nation, who make this nation great. We're looking for a leader that wants to fight. We're not looking for a guy that wants to negotiate the next big deal because it ain't going to work. There is no next big deal. You either defeat evil or it defeats you. There's no negotiating with it. All right, Tom, that's so well said and great words, too. And I, I'm, and I'm 100 percent with you. I think one of the things I've run into here, which much less than it used to be, but definitely incredibly intense three years ago, um, was the position to make a position to criticize Trump suddenly made me almost anti-American. And my position has always been that politics is a, is a, fair, is a fair game of play. Anybody that's in there, we have an obligation to challenge, to question, because they are a representative of we the people. They're not a god. And unfortunately, what happens too often is that there's such a quote-unquote fear of division, we're missing the principal point of where the power comes from. And you've said it many times here, we the people are the power, not we subordinate people to the government are the power, right? Darn right, darn right. And listen, I, like I said, I, you know, I like Trump. I think he was a great president. I think that uh, he did about as good of a job as anybody could be expected to do, given the amount of evil and corruption around him. And I don't think there's ever been a president in history that's been more attacked than that guy. That said, uh, you know, one of the things that and I understand, right? So, like, I'm trying to be understanding about this. It's it's really easy for me to sit back and say, you got the wrong people around you. But if you're Donald Trump finding the right people. And finding anybody that you can trust, man, that's tough. Now, he's got a few that are real good. He does have, you know, I do know some of the people that are around him that are real good. I mean, General Flynn's a good friend to me. I, I can't think of a more honorable, patriotic man on the planet. Um, you know, I mean, there's a few people that I know that are real good. But, uh, you know, I'm not trying to knock what Trump's doing on this. I'm just saying that, listen. This guy needs to, he's, he, this is it, right? Our country is going down the tube. He and Bobby are probably the two best bets we got going forward. I'm, I'm supporting Trump because he's more aligned with my views, but you know, both of those guys are fighting for freedom. They need to get to we, the people, they need to understand what we, the people are saying, what we the people are doing. And they need to really understand that times have changed. It used to be that you could negotiate with the other side. But this has really shifted. Things have shifted. You have to understand the nature of your fight. I'm an old martial arts guy, right? And uh, there's a rule. When I walk into, if I get into a fight, if I look at a fight, first thing I do is I size up my opponent. If I see my fighter walk into the ring in a boxing position, that means he's probably got boxing background. If I see him get into a wrestling stance, he's probably got wrestling background. If I see him, you know, uh, draw back into a martial arts stance, that means I got to watch that. Okay, so a boxer's only, if I'm going to cover up, I only got to watch, uh, you know, upper body. He's not going to kick. He's not going to grapple. If I got a wrestler, he's going to try and grapple. He's not going to punch or kick. If I got a if I got a martial artist, I got to watch the punches and the kicks, right? So knowing your fight is everything because you got to know how to defend. And under and then the biggest mistake you can make is if I see someone walk in there and take that boxing position, and it turns out to be a great experienced boxer, the last thing I want to do is box with him, right? I want to do whatever he's uncomfortable with, right? We we've got to understand the nature of this fight. 
the other side is no longer they're they're not just playing by a good clean boxing match they are in a dirty all-out street fight which means if we don't defend and fight appropriately we're going to get our butts kicked right you can't fight a you can't fight a clean boxing match against a street fighter or you lose big and that's what's happening and we need trump we need kennedy we, these guys got to understand they are against a uniparty the democrats don't like them the republicans don't like them those two guys are enemies number one and two and particularly for donald trump donald trump is by far enemy number one and i'm going to tell you that mitch mcconnell will cut his throat the first chance he's got so will mitt romney so will half the senators out there the democrat the democrats republicans are no different for donald trump and if he keeps he needs to actually start putting some political pressure on these guys because he can force these guys you know, if he gets out ahead of this before the primaries, he can put enough political pressure because these guys will get primaried. They're either going to have to take a position that's pro-Trump or they're going to get primaried and lose. Right. If Trump gets ahead of this, he can put some real political pressure on these rhinos and force them to do some things. If he doesn't, they're going to get set in their primary and it's going to be, well, we all have to live with them because they're better than the Democrat. And they're not. They're, they're just going to stab him in the back. So, you know, I think that Trump's really got to he's got to recognize that things have changed. He needs to go for the throat. He needs to de start demanding, you know, listen, Mac McCarthy, you know, you guys, you, Freedom Caucus. I don't want to hear you talk anymore about whether or not there's going to be an impeachment. I want it now. And I want to know which Republicans are going to vote for it way before primaries, because guess what? If there's none, if there's an impeachment. And it comes now, and you don't vote to impeach Joe Biden or Merrick Garland, then I want you primaried, and I'm going to support whoever's primarying you. I want the, that's what Trump needs to do right now. That would be a game changer. That would force these rhinos to actually get off their butt and do something. And uh, you know, Trump's in a good position to do it, but he can't keep playing defensive because there's too many attacks and too many bad guys. And no matter how strong that guy is. If he doesn't start going on the offense, I'm very concerned about what's going to happen. Tom, and looking forward now for yourself, you've got a number of, of major efforts in play. Where do you see your priorities going forward in the next six months and and the sort of challenges that are hit? Uh, well, I mean, obviously we've got, you know, Sherry's project's going to be a very big and very important one. Uh, we're working on a lot of legislative initiatives. I'm hoping that over this winter, when the, a lot of the states come back into session, that we see some of these mRNA and the food bills. Uh, one of the things that, that and I actually have a substack that will go out tomorrow morning where I'm talking about this mRNA stuff, right? And, and yes, it is in the food. And yes, it is transmissible. Um, I can't show that any of the current food out there is transmiss uh, transmitting it, but is it possible? Absolutely. Um, we can confirm all this. And actually, uh, I lay out in this substack, this mRNA was always a lie. Uh, they intentionally misled the public by calling it mRNA. Uh, they, they call it mRNA as in messenger RNA. It's not messenger RNA. It's actually some, it's called mod RNA which means laboratory modified synthetic mRNA, which means that they're, they are intentionally screwing with the nucleotides that make up your genetics. And, you know, there's 30, 3,300 billion, which means 3.3 .3 trillion lines of code that make up the human uh, 
the human body. Like if this was a, a computer code, it'd be 3.3 trillion lines of data. And these guys think that they can tinker it without tinker with it without understanding it all and not have consequences. But they are anyways. And uh, that's what they're doing with this mod RNA, SARNA, other things like that. They're going to be putting in the food. They've figured out uh, there's an NPR article talking about the mosquito thing. You know, they've got the genetically modified mosquitoes that they've got out there that can actually vaccinate you with a mosquito bite. And that's a real thing. It's actually, I can, like, this was in an NPR article. It's not conspiracy theory. It's legit. Um, same thing with all this stuff, aerosolized. So we're going to be focusing a lot on that stuff. I'm hoping there's some legislation there. Um, and, uh, you know, just freedom in general. We're going to be pushing hard on the election stuff. We'll be pushing hard on a lot of different things. But the big thing is, as you'll see us, we're going to continue trying to grow the, the podcast radio show because we've got to have a bigger platform. Um, and frankly, that stuff helps, you know, if people donate and buy from our sponsors, it helps fund the legal fight because, you know, most people can't afford the cost of the legal fight. And I still have to pay lawyers. I can only do so much, you know, per day. So, um, you know, those things are all happening. And then, uh, you know, we'll continue going wherever the law needs us. So where can they find you, Tom, and all your, because you've got Substack, you've got uh, your website, and you also have your podcast. Yeah, we're all over. I mean, we've got a Rumble channel, we've got a, a Locals channel, we've got a podcast, we've got, so we're on uh, TomRens.com as a hub. If you go to TomRens.com, you can find everything we're doing. Uh, we still have rens-law.com. You can go there. You can support us. And if you need disability help, if you've been injured by these jabs, go to rens-law.com and we can help you. Um, we, we actually can. It doesn't matter if it's jab injury or what. Any disability we can help with. And it doesn't matter what state you're in. We can help with that. Um, but follow us on Substack, tomrens.substack.com. Follow us on locals, tomrens.locals.com. Uh, uh, Twitter, Truth. But TomRens.com is the main place to find us, and uh, we hope that you'll donate to the Give, Send, Go. It's Ren's Law. And uh, most importantly, thank you so much, Scott, for all the prayers that you guys have been sending, and please, please continue. Um, it's tough right this minute. You know? uh, so, so we need those because God gives us the strength to carry on. Well, Tom, we always close with a prayer, and if it's okay, I'd like to do a prayer. Always. Father God, I just want to thank you for yet again another fantastic warrior to come to this program to share his fight and to remind us of truly the, the heart of David, to be able to stand up to the mighty, the, the, the virtual Goliaths, and with or without stones, be able to have the courage to stand before them and to ultimately conquer that evil. Father, we just pray today for, for Tom and his family and just ask for an Im immense amount of healing and blessings to shower down upon them, and particularly for Tom's wife. We continue to pray for miraculous healing and just saying all these things, Lord, as you well know, the authority is given to us by our Savior Jesus to not only do what he did, but have to be able to do greater works than he. And so we declare healing, we declare the protection of Tom's family, and we declare truly the blessings of resources from heaven to continue to guide him, to give him strength, to continue to be that, provide the light and the darkness, and to also help him 
continue to feel and connect with the many whose prayers stand with him and his family each and every day. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Grace Jesus. I'm, I'm grateful, Scott. Very grateful, and I'm grateful for everybody listening. Well, Tom, it's always an honor to have you on. You're welcome on this program anytime, and I, I truly mean that. Um, we, I look forward to getting some updates from you and um, just continuing with that fight that you're doing. It's, it's, a, it's a huge part of what's going on that unfortunately doesn't get enough headlines for people, and I think it's the light that so many people also need that you provide to realize that we aren't going to get out of this without fighting and that you are leading that fight for many to be inspired by. Well, I'm, I'm honored to be a part of God's army. I'm honored to stand with guys like you, Scott. I appreciate all the Bards listeners. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, just keep praying. We've got it. The story was written, the end of the story was written before it started. So uh, we just gotta, we just gotta keep fighting and God will take care of the rest. Well said. Well, Tom, I just wish you a very blessed day. Thank you for taking the time today to come on the program and just really appreciate everything you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. And God bless. Well, Patriots, that was attorney Tom Renz, literally a, an American Patriot fighter of the highest level. Who's been just wailing on the cabal and doing the things to all centered around defeating this COVID mandate and in the back end or these COVID con and, and shot destruction things that we're dealing with, everything to do with this medical tyranny. And then on the back end, also helping on some things with the uh, election stuff. So get on over to Tom, uh, Ren's Law if you're so inclined and you want to, you can donate and help him out there. You can also read the updates on his cases, follow his Substack, really good Substack. I get it and it's worth it. And uh, that's a nice way to make a small donation, too. You just really need to spread it around. He's literally in a handful of attorneys in the entire nation that are doing the right thing. So what can I say? Great man, great person. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Uh, by the way, before I close out tonight, tomorrow night we have Navy SEAL Cam Hamilton on tomorrow night. He is a fantastic voice and is... Um, going to be running for an office in the 7th District in Virginia for congressman. He is he's something. This is talk about bringing the A-team into that game, and he's ready. So you'll enjoy that interview. All right, Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe, to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal, but that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable 
that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples. It has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs> 